and have begun their own families. We've seen children born and who have then come to believe in Jesus Christ and are growing in the faith, which is an absolute blessing. We've mourned together um, at funerals. And even though um, we rejoice because we know that they're with the Lord, we still mourn because we miss them. We've welcomed new people through the doors of this church, and that's why we've, we've got you wearing name tags all over the place because we can't learn the names fast enough, and some of us have slower memories than others. So if, you have your, if you've got your name back there, take it, and if you, if you want a name, please let us know and we'll, we'll provide you with a name tag. Um, we've seen many people come in through the doors of this church and beginning from a small group that is listed up there of about 16 people, I think, I think Don said. Um, it's amazing how God has added to the church over the years. And now we're over 100. I think we're 100 here today. And I think if everyone was here, we'd better be about 130, if not more. And we've even planted another church during those years as well So and has grown too. We've organised... For those of you who have been involved, many Christmas dinners. Um, every year we've had a Christmas dinner, except for, I think for one COVID year, I think it was. Um, so that's been a blessing. We've had plenty of lunches together. Food is never a shortage here, never, never a problem. Uh, we've ministered to people in nursing homes. We've ministered to people who are sick. We've shared the gospel in the streets of Melbourne. We've shared the gospel to homes. We've given away tens of thousands of tracts to people over these years. We've booked an entire cinema and, uh, and watched a movie together as an outreach as well, which was well attended. We've had a great work, working relationship uh, with the local school here. God has touched their hearts that they would see an independent Baptist church on a school premises as a blessing. Only God can do that. We've supported and continue to support a number of missionaries overseas. So we support, this little church supports missionaries to Africa, to South America, those who are working within Australia, in Spain, in Papua New Guinea, in Mauritius, the US and India. And we've, we, last year we started supporting orphanages as well. And so you have been uh, a blessing to children who have been abandoned uh, in places like India and Africa or have lost their parents to, to sickness or illness who are now being fed and those ministries also minister to widows as well in those places. We've actively contributed and worked with other churches and ministries such as the Bible College um, in children's, teens and adult camps We've been working together uh, with the, this team from the Pensacola University now for a number of years, and they spend that of a month uh, in Australia. Uh, they spend a whole week with us each time. So that's a blessing to be working together with them. Uh, we've had a number of retreats and family camps together, if you remember those. We've run holiday Bible clubs for children. We've witnessed to many souls and we've seen many people saved by the Lord Jesus. We've experienced the growth of people who have set themselves to grow in the Lord and to learn from his word. We've seen the growth of ministries in this church as people put up their hand and say, where would you have me, Lord? We've witnessed the work of God through our prayers. 
from people who, who, have, who have been restored back to health to people who have been miraculously watched over and protected to people who have been saved, to work found, to hearts mended, relationships restored and more. We've done a lot of laughing together and we've genuinely enjoyed each other's company, which I am blessed to see brethren rejoicing when they come together. That's the way it should be. But we've also cried together during difficult times and we've supported each other during times of hardship and stress. By the grace of God, we've held on to his word and we haven't abandoned the truth as we've seen other churches desert the scriptures over these past 17 years. We live in a very different world to what it was 17 years ago, believe it or not. A world that is changing rapidly, um, but by the grace of God, we have held on to his word and we continue to stand upon its precepts. So through all of this, what we learn is that Jesus is faithful, is that what God starts, he completes. He never does things by halves, and he's always perfectly trustworthy. And as a, a church family, what I'd like to impress upon you today is that you would understand that God has brought us together for a purpose, and that purpose ultimately is to glorify himself. But we have plenty of reasons to rejoice and be thankful, because in doing that, in glorifying himself through us, he showers us with his blessings. And that is the beauty of serving God. Psalm 107.1 says, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Indeed, he is good. And he's been very merciful to us. You see, we aren't perfect people. I'm not a perfect pastor. We have made mistakes along the way. But despite our weaknesses, despite our faults, despite our errors... God actually continues to bless, and that's all glory to him. So let me ask you a question this morning for those of you who live in homes and not tents. How much is a home worth today? How much is a, is a house worth today? Some, some of you might immediately be thinking, oh, mate, the, 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 price, the, the prices of houses are going up. Interest rates are going up quite quickly, which is putting you know, the, the, the ownership of a home outside the reach of a lot of younger people who are trying to establish themselves. But I'm not so much talking about bricks and mortar, but a home, okay? which is much, much more than a place to sleep. A home is a place of safety. It's a place where you can go to seek refuge from storms and from things that are going on in the world. It's a place where family is. It's a place where you get together with people that you love, okay, and where you're loved. It's a place where you can just be yourself, where you can put down sometimes the, the, the guard, because sometimes when you're in the world, you have to be on watch all the time. But it's a place can, that you can actually relax, be with the people that you're comfortable with, and just be yourself. It's a place where you can be supported, where you can be counselled. It's a place where you're protected. It's a place where you belong. It's a place of great value. And so my question now is, what price for a godly home? What value do you put on a godly home? Because there are plenty of broken homes in this world. There are plenty of broken relationships. There are plenty of places where homes are not places of refuge. 
where they're actually places of terror, where they're places of anguish and sadness and anger. What place, what value do we give for a godly home? And so as we think about that, this is the heart of this particular psalm. Okay, This is the heart of what this psalmist is writing here. Because at the heart of the psalm, he's saying how precious God's home is. Because ultimately, that is our home. You see, everything else that we have in this world is fleeting. It's here today, but it will be gone tomorrow. Whether that's your bricks and mortar home, you may move 10 times in your life. Okay, You may have a home today, but not have a home tomorrow. Okay, You may have people that are with you today, but they may not be with you tomorrow. Okay, we lose loved ones, we and relationships also break down, unfortunately. But with, with respect to God's house, it endureth forever, it's always a place of refuge. And what makes this even more special for us? And while the psalmist declared how beautiful God's tabernacles and courts are in this, in this passage, we should be blessed to understand. That while God in those days inhabited the Holy of Holies in a, in a tabernacle or a temple that he called on Moses to begin to, uh, to bring together, um, God does not dwell in homes made of hands now. He doesn't, he doesn't live in a tabernacle, but he has chosen to be in men and women. He's chosen to live within us. And so when we speak about the, the tabernacle and the courts of the Lord, we should be very, very mindful that when God speaks about those things, he now speaks about you and me. And when we get together, we are the tabernacle and the courts of the Lord. That's what church is. God, God's dwelling place is now with men. If we consider our preci how precious our homes are, how they contain things of sentimental value. I'm sure in every one of your homes, you have things that are important to you. You have photos of loved ones. You have trinkets or things that belong maybe to someone that you love. You have your favorite clothes. Okay. You have your favorite shoes, probably. You have your bed, which is comfortable for you. Okay. You have your couch, which you're used to and which, which you sit on. You have your cutlery. You have, you understand... All those things make what a home is. All those little bits and pieces and that detail that exists in our own home is true for God's home as well. Not necessarily that there's a couch or there's... But all those fine details we find within each other. Okay? That's what true home is. How precious is God's home? How valuable is the household of God? And therein lies our responsibility. You see, who doesn't clean their home? Who doesn't look after it? Who doesn't tidy it up? Who doesn't fix something when it's broken? We all do. We all want our homes working in good order. You look after your home. You don't want it falling apart around you. And if we care about our, our earthly homes that much and we understand how precious it is, to actually have something like that and, and have your family within something like that, then how precious the, word, the home of God and how much effort do we put to actually fix the things that are broken, to pay attention to things that are falling apart, 
to look to our brothers and sisters and care for them the same way we care for a leaking tap or a broken handle. That's what genuine love is. That's what genuine church is. God has brought us together for a purpose. And in loving one another, we actually love him as well. So, the church is the household of God. And it's important that we pay attention to it and value it the same way he does. You see, God loves the world so much that he sent his only begotten son, right? Okay, but Jesus loved the church so much that he gave his life for the church. That puts a high value upon us. Not that we, that was inherent in us, not because we were already like that, but because he declares us that, because he chose to love us like that. And so we should reflect that love back to him. And so we should also understand that God glorifies himself through this church. The local church is a part of God's eternal plan. And you are a part of that plan. Believe it or not, and it's difficult for us to understand sometimes, but you are a part of God's eternal plan. You have a place in God's grand scheme okay, of things. And so we are important to him. That's why we see him continually at work. Because God has not stopped working. God continues to work and he continues to work through his children. And so turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 with me. As we understand that God glorifies himself through Faith Baptist Church. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. says now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end amen you see if you believe that verse then you believe you should believe that there's something special about what God is doing here and that you are part of something very special, that you are special in God's eyes. And even though we have, we're celebrating 17 years of God doing wonderful things, whatever's coming ahead is even more glorious. Because one day we know if Christ returns, all the church families that he has planted all over the world, he's going to bring together to him. And there's going to be... I'm not sure if chicken's going to be on the menu, but there's going to be a massive, massive celebration. And if you're talking about parties, that is going to be one big and beautiful party when all of these local church families are brought together and are celebrating together. You remember, we not only are called to love one another and to dwell harmoniously with one another, but remember that we'll be dwelling with each other for all of eternity. Okay? The beauty is, and you're already thinking, oh, do I have to put up with that person for a long time? The truth, the truth of the matter is, is that all the weaknesses that we have will not be there. Okay? 
will not be there. So the challenge that we have is to see what is there that God's put there. Is to is to look at the things that might be at fault, right? Because we've all got our faults. But then to look at what God's planted there, the new nature that God's put, and love that, and also learn to work with the faults that we have. Because one day, we're all going to be together with new glorified bodies, and life's going to be an absolute blessing. But it can be a blessing now. Okay, So take the blessings that God offers us and remember that he glorifies himself through this church. And so our challenge is to believe this verse. Believe it about ourselves and then to invest ourselves in God's service, knowing that he will bless when we obey. So as a pastor, my my joy is similar to what the Apostle John shared. So turn to 3 John chapter 1, verse 4. That's the third epistle of the Apostle John. Because I have a similar joy to him. Now I know that, and I expect that most of you would know the Bible better okay, than people in other churches because we, our whole ministry is about the Word of God. Okay, So it's no surprise to me that you would know the Word of God better. Okay, We pray, when we sing, when we rejoice together, when we, when we celebrate communion, when we have baptisms, we are celebrating His presence among us. So Psalm 84.2 says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Isn't that an amazing thing? You think He's saying, I want to be there so much. I'm fainting for it. God is there and I want to be wherever God is. And the reason that family and home is so special is that where family is. That's where your loved ones are. And the thing that makes church beautiful is because God is here and we are here together. Um, we've discovered, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, is that eternal life can only be found in him. Jesus said very clearly, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So we've learned that Jesus is that life. But we discovered as well along the way that he is the only way to life. Okay, You can't find that anywhere else. And that the life that you have and that you, you can enjoy, the eternal life, can actually be experienced now. And so when we get together, we remind ourselves of that and we see him working and everything else is only a shadow of things that exist. But the true life that we experience comes from him turn to john chapter 8 verse 12 with me for a moment john chapter 8 verse 12 <laughs> It says there, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. 
He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see, it's the light of God that's required for life. And the light we have found and discovered is present in his word. One of the reasons that, that things that holds us together is the word of God. One of the reasons that, that we find ourselves with a, a good fellowship here is because we value the word of God. And that is a precious thing. God has given us something of great value that we can hold in our hands and grow through. And we find God's light through his word. And Jesus speaks to us through his word. And so part of the blessings of being in God's house is that we can hear from God's word. We can share God's word. We can share our experiences of how God's word has actually changed us with our brethren. And we can actually encourage them to walk in God's word. Because you notice here that he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. So once again, it takes a step-by-step act of faith and obedience. There are many reasons that people go to church these days. I've heard plenty of reasons why people go to church. But the one reason that should override all the other reasons is your desire to meet God. Is your desire to be with God. Not with each other. That's a, that's a byproduct of it. It's lovely to be together, but that's a byproduct. That's, the, that's, that's, that's one of the benefits of actually coming to meet God. To worship Him. To experience Him. To learn of His love. To learn more about Him. And blessed are those who are in the house of the Lord. So then verse 3 says in Psalm 84... Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Home is a place of, as I said, of refuge, a security. And there's a reason that, that birds nest high up and not on the ground. It's my cat. Because there are predators on the ground, right? So birds put their nests in places that are very difficult to reach, that are high up, okay? And so that's what church should be like. Just like the, the bird creates its nest in a, and creates a safe place and finds a safe place to, to plant her young, so church should be that way too. Church should be a safe place. Church should be a place where you find refuge, where you don't have to worry about hearing and seeing stuff that's, that's just dead wrong. Yes, we're going to have differences of opinion from time to time, but we should not have a church that actually has wrong doctrine in there. You should not be afraid of coming to church and seeing tomorrow that I'm going to preach to you that Jesus was an angel or something like that. Okay, Doctrine is important. So Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. He's our high tower. And the reason it's high is because it's well over the world, well above the world, safe. And that's where we exist. And when we come together, that's where we are. Being within the church, and some people don't understand this, being within a church and being within a family of a church 
actually offers great protection. It actually offers great blessing. There are some people who venture away from church and think that it's okay, you don't need a church because I've had a bad experience, therefore I'm not going to go to church anymore, so I'm going to live a life separate. They don't realise actually what peril they put themselves in when they separate themselves from a church family, when they separate themselves from a loving family and from a place that teaches the word of God. Within the church, there is and should be spiritual protection for believers. And understand that God even appoints his angels to minister and watch over us as his church. The church is a special place of refuge and I am sure that God has protected us many, many times from attacks of the evil one. You see, the devil, one of his, one of his specific tactics is to separate people from the flock, to separate the lamb. So the, the way a wolf actually catches a lamb or something that's more vulnerable is to separate that from the rest of the flock. It's very hard to, to jump into a flock and try to take things in the middle where the shepherd actually is. It's a lot easier when you can separate that one and it's by itself. And the devil tries to do that all the time. And so I praise God that we have a church that cares, that loves one another, that seeks to honour God and to, and to share his truth. And so that, continue that, please, because it's so important that the church is a place of refuge. Turn with me to Acts 2.41. Because what I want you to remember as well is that we are the continuation of something that began 2,000 years ago. And it began on the day what we call Pentecost, which was a very significant day because on that day the church began. Acts 2.41 says... Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. When we planted this church, I think one of the first sermons I gave was on this particular passage. When we were working out what our church is meant to be like, you know, because there are plenty of things you can do differently, this was the actual passage that we focused on. And we said, we want our church to be like this. We want the foundation of our church to be the same as when the church started on the day of Pentecost. And we looked at these things and we said, well, it has to contain these elements then. It has to contain the apostles' doctrine. It has to contain fellowship. It has to contain the breaking of bread and prayers. Those are the things that are essential to a, a Christian church. And when we speak about the apostles' doctrine, this is exactly the same as what we find in the Bible. The Bible is the apostles' doctrine because the apostles were responsible for writing it so, and provided the foundation for it. And so we are blessed because we are a continuation of what was begun 2,000 years ago. And the same baptisms we do today, the same reading of God's word, the same praying, the same ministries are what they did then. We're just continuing that. We are descendants of the church 
at Pentecost. And the same spirit indwells us as it did those early believers. And so turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. We're almost done here. Ephesians 2, verse 18. The Apostle Paul says something quite similar to this and that you would understand how precious you actually are. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now when he says both, he means Jew and Gentile. Okay, So God has created a new person. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. You are being built together as a, habit, as a habitation of God, as a house of God, through the Spirit. So this church in Faulkner is being built by God. That is an exciting thing when you think about it, that you and I are being built together as a habitation of God. And that started 2,000 years ago, and Jesus is the cornerstone of that. We're on, we're on very solid ground, okay? We are, we are built upon the rock, of Jesus Christ and it's not wavering it doesn't change and his word doesn't change and by the grace of God we will not change from that and brings me to my final verse Psalm 84 verse 4 blessed are they that dwell in thy house they will be still praising thee Selah you know we are blessed to be part of God's home we are blessed to dwell in it we are blessed to be part of it, and there are plenty of reasons that we have to offer praises in it. When we look at our past and we look at what God has brought us through and God has what God has wrought within us and through us, we have much to be thankful for. And praise should be a natural part of our speech. We should be people of thanks and praise, not people of moaning and groaning and whinging. And we're not, praise God. And so let's keep our eyes focused on what God has given us because we have much to be thankful for. There are plenty of reasons to praise God. Not because of what he's even given us, but because of who he actually is. That's enough reason to praise him. Even if he gave us nothing. Even if he didn't give us anything else, he gave us himself. And he is every reason within himself to be praised which i'll share one more verse with you psalm 22 3 says but thou art holy o thou that inhabitest the praises of israel 